Hello, my rebels. Do you think there's going to be a snap election? I'm starting to think that maybe there will be because I think it's Trudeau's interest to go now. I'll say why I think that's the case and how Trudeau is looking for an excuse to do that. Before I get to the podcast, let me invite you to become a Rebel News Plus subscriber. It's eight bucks a month or 80 bucks for a year. Just go to rebelnews.com and click subscribe. Okay, here's the show. Tonight, Justin Trudeau is so worried about a corruption investigation, he's threatening to call a snap election to avoid it. It's October 20th, and this is The Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon oh, consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say is government the why is because it's my bloody right to do so. Look at this. It's an article. Liberals threaten election if proposed anti-corruption committee is debated. <laughs> wow. If the opposition even mentions, even debates an anti-corruption committee, which you would think every party would support automatically. That's sort of, how do you say I'm against an anti-corruption committee? Uh, if the opposition even debates it. Trudeau's going to pull the plug on Parliament and have a snap election. You know, that reminds me of sometimes you see Muslim extremists say, if you call us violent, we'll hurt you. Um, you sort of just proved the point there, buddy. If you call us corrupt, we'll shut down a parliamentary inquiry into corruption. Okay, I think you're saying the quiet part out loud there by accident, folks. Let me read some more. The Liberals are threatening opposition parties with an election if the Conservatives move ahead Tuesday with their attempt to create a special anti-corruption committee in the House of Commons. Since Parliament resumed in September, House of Commons committees have been paralyzed by the question of whether and how to revive probes into the we controversy. The Liberals, NDP, Bloc Québécois and Conservatives support striking a special committee but differ on its scope and who should control it. Just to recap the we controversy is a massive charity fraud whereby the Kielberger brothers launder corporate money and real estate money through their charities and they kick back tens of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars to political friends. And of course Trudeau and his mother and his wife and his brother, they're there with their brinks struck because, you know, it makes sense they're all grifters. It was really odd to see Bill Morneau the disgraced former foreign, uh, finance minister. I mean, he inherited a huge company from his father, Bill Monroe Sr. And if that wasn't enough, he married into the billionaire McCain family. I mean, why would he take free stuff from the Kielbergers as some sort of kickback? Um, I don't know if you remember, he took a $41,000 free luxury trip from them, and then he participated in discussions to funnel almost a billion tax dollars back to them. Um, is that really how cheaply a finance minister can be bought in this country? Um, I mean, what I don't understand is why a billionaire or someone married into a billionaire would take a little bribe like that. I mean, can't he afford luxuries with all that gold digging money that he married into? What a low rent little fraud he was. I don't get it. He's gone, thankfully. Um, but Trudeau remains... And that's the scandal here. Corruption, kickback, breaking charity laws, the usual for the liberals. Uh, the husband for the chief of staff of Trudeau's in on it. Everyone's in on the take. But look at this. 
The liberals chafe the most at the conservative bid and are warning that they may pull the plug on their own government if the Tories don't back down. Last week, the conservatives gave notice to the House for their motion that would strike an anti-corruption committee to study the government's ethical controversies. The earliest it could be debated is Tuesday. Why would you say don't do that? That's like firing an auditor general. It's sort of a sign you're hiding something. One more mention. I mean, seriously, they were all in on this. The conservative motion proposes an anti-corruption committee to study issues including Wee's administration of the Canada Student Service Grant, the emergency commercial rent program, and reports that Robert Silver, husband of the Prime Minister's Chief of Staff, lobbied the government over the wage subsidy. Got it. So it goes directly to the personal corruption of so many people in Trudeau's inner circle, including his immediate family, the immediate family of his staff. They're all crooked. Last quote. In a letter to the committee, co-founder Mark Kielberger provided a breakdown of payments that the charity made to members of Mr. Trudeau's family, including his mother, Margaret. Ms. Trudeau was paid $180,000 in speaking fees for 27 weed charity events between 2016 and 2020. According to the letter, she attended one other event but received no speaking fee, Mr. Kielberger said. We also covered $163,000 in costs for those appearances, including food, hotel, car service, and flights, he added. You know, I, let me just remind you of something, if I may. Uh, Margaret Trudeau was actually born Margaret Sinclair. That was the name she had when she was born. Uh, she was 22 years old when she married a 51-year-old Pierre Trudeau. Um, as you know, he repeatedly beat her as uh, his wife. Uh, they separated very soon in 1977, and they divorced in 1984. 36 years ago they divorced, and she remarried a guy named Fried Kemper just two weeks after she divorced Trudeau. And uh, she took uh, his name, um, and they were married for 15 years. So here's my point. Margaret's name was Margaret Sinclair for 22 years. Then she was married for six years as Margaret Trudeau, and then they were separated for seven years before she remarried and became Margaret Kemper for 15 years, which was her last marriage. So her name is not Margaret Trudeau. That was the name she had for the shortest period of her life. It was her name a marriage and a half ago. It's not her name now. It hasn't been her name for 36 years. But no one would pay $180,000 to hear from Margaret Kemper. Now, would they? She changed her name back to Margaret Trudeau just to cash in. That's the kind of grifter family we're talking about. I can only imagine what the liberals don't want to come out. But the NDP doesn't really want to campaign. I mean, here's what their childlike leader is up to these days. Yeah, he's so cool. Uh, he's a fool who can't make it through a four-minute TV interview without screwing up, uh, but he's more comfortable doing TikTok videos. He cut his party's caucus in half in the last election. He doesn't want to campaign. He just loves hanging out, man. I think he'd be crushed in the next election. I bet he'd even lose a seat or two, um, not only to the Liberals, but to the new Green Party leader, who is more smart than him and more sober than Elizabeth May. I'm not sure if even Aaron O'Toole, the new Tory leader, wants an election right away. He might, 
But the fact that the liberals are using that as a threat suggests that they sense the opposition does not want an election right now. And I think the liberals are correct to say that because incumbent parties are just mopping up in the polls, just cleaning up in the polls right now in Canada and around the world. New Brunswick just had a provincial election. The incumbent had a big increase in votes. BC, the incumbent NDP has a 12-point lead. In Saskatchewan, the incumbent Sask party is almost going to wipe out the NDP opposition. Voters everywhere are sticking with the devil they know during these pandemic days. It's not even left-wing or right-wing. It's just who's in power. Stay with them. Around the world, too, China sympathizer Jacinda Ardern just won a huge re-election in New Zealand, and she has actually set up internment camps for pandemic dissenters. You said I wanted to... Um, I've got a number of questions about people um, refuse... You know, what do we do if someone refuses to be tested? Well, they can't now. If someone refuses in our um, facilities to be tested, they have to keep staying. So they won't be able to leave after 14 days. They have to stay on for another 14 days. So it's a pretty good incentive. You either get your tests done and make sure you're cleared, or we will keep you in a facility longer. Yeah, great. Oh my God. What's next? Like putting microchips in people? And one of those options might be to say to people, and other countries in the world are doing this, uh, here is an electronic device that means we can be certain about where you are. Uh, but there, are, there is some technology that can actually monitor your vital signs as well. Uh, so it becomes something that's not just to uh, ensure you stay where you're supposed to stay. It's also a way in which we can monitor whether you're healthy or otherwise. Oh, I... Uh... <laughs> I was sort of kidding about that, but uh, I didn't know they actually meant it. That's the premier of the state of Victoria in Australia, the most locked down part of the world right now. Um, even that insane guy, Dan Andrews is his name. He's a socialist. He's a Communist Party of China contractor, really. And he's still ahead in the polls. How? Well, because all the other voices in society that are normally checks and balances on power, they've all gone silent, except in the case of Donald Trump. In the case of Trump... The news media, Hollywood, entertainers, professors, banks, whatever, social media, everyone hates him and opposes him uh, like crazy people. They've gone mad. Uh, Trump might actually lose. But in the rest of the world, including here in Canada, uh, where's the opposition to what's happening here? There's some opposition to crazy spending, some, okay. But that's about it. When was the last time a conservative opposed any of these massive lockdowns, these liberty-crushing rules, these quarantines, the panic, the mask laws, when there's no medical basis for them, when the pandemic peaked in April. Where are the civil liberties people, the law professors, the media, the skeptics and critics? Where's the folks going after Trump? Where are they in Canada? Well, they're nowhere. I'm starting to see a bit of a resistance in the UK, in some of the media and some MPs. I mean, seriously, <laughs> get a load of this first minister in Wales. Now, coronavirus spreads when people are in close contact with one another, and especially indoors. To help break the cycle of transmission, there will be no gatherings with people you do not live with, either indoors or outdoors, during this two-week period. Yeah, you'd have to be insane to say, uh, hold up, wait a minute, um... I like that kind of government. No, no, no. Uh, at a certain point in time, prisoners want to leave the prison. Um, so, yeah, there's some pushback in the UK, but in Canada, I don't see it. 
I absolutely believe Trudeau would get a huge majority if there were an election today. Absolutely he would. Why wouldn't he? Who's held him to account? The CBC? Post Media, which takes 140 grand a week from him? Trudeau worked in his pajamas for six months. He didn't even leave his little cottage. He smoked pot and played video games all day, and not a single journalist ever said that was a bit odd. Yeah, Trudeau would absolutely win again. But at least, unlike Jacinda Ardern or Dan Andrews, he's not planning an internment camp or anything. I mean, is he? I mean, his public health officer has mused about it, but she was just spitballing, right? I think the public has to know this is one of the worst-case scenarios in terms of an infectious disease outbreak, in that their cooperation is sought. If there are people who are non-compliant, there are definitely uh, laws and, and public health um, powers that can quarantine people in mandatory settings. It's potential you could track people, put bracelets on their uh, arms, have police and other setups to ensure quarantine is undertaken. I mean, that was just a hypothetical, right? And this, what about this? This is a government contract. Uh, a tender, it's up for grabs. The government of Canada is considering engaging a third-party service provider for federal quarantine isolation sites that will be used to house and care for people for public health and other related federal requirements associated with the COVID-19 pandemic response. Oh, hmm. Look, I'm worried about Trudeau's corruption. His whole family is corrupt. His whole senior staff is corrupt. Never forget that his principal secretary, Gerald Butts, had to resign over the SNC-level and corruption. Sure, I'm worried about corruption. Let's have an anti-corruption committee, you bet. But maybe I'm actually worried about a snap election, too, because maybe with an absolute majority in Parliament, maybe Trudeau would be as bad as Dan Andrews, Jacinda Ardern, and that tyrant in Wales. And that's even worse than a family of thieves and grifters. Stay with us for more. There, we're now having issues in the Orthodox Jewish community in New York where because of their religious practices, et cetera, we're seeing a spread. Uh, but we see it, we know it, we understand it because we're doing more testing than anyone else. And then you have to attack them. But you have to attack them. He's talking about Orthodox Jews. You have to attack them. Let's give the man the benefit of the doubt and assume he meant attack the virus, even though he said them, because in fact he has been attacking them there was a proposed Jewish wedding that would have had a large attendance. The governor himself took steps to ban this wedding. You can't have 10,000 guests. That sounds like an enormous wedding. But 10,000 people taking the streets for a Breonna Taylor Black Lives Matter march. Well, that won't be banned. It'll be given a police escort. They'll shut down the street for it. Maybe that wedding just has to rebrand itself more in line with the governor's own politics. Joining us now to talk about Governor Cuomo's bizarre obsession with not just the Jews, but the Orthodox Jewish community is a former 36-year assemblyman in the state of New York. That's the uh, statewide elected office, Dov Heikind who is now the leader of the Association of Americans 
uh, against anti-Semitism. He joins us now via Skype from New York City. Uh, Assemblyman Heiken, welcome to the program. Thank you for your time today. Delighted to be with you. Pleasure. I find this very bizarre. I think it was Rudy Giuliani who once said that to run for mayor of New York, you needed to have a foreign policy on the three I's, Ireland, Italy, and Israel. As in, those are your three big constituent groups. You got to be good to the Irish, good to the Italians, and good to the Jews. You know, here we have Governor Cuomo who is picking on the Jews. It's wrong morally. It's bizarre politically. Help us figure out what's going on. Well, I wish I could figure it all out, but the, the governor is literally obsessed with the Jewish, Orthodox, Hasidic, depending on the time of day, the terminology that he uses, an obsession with the Orthodox community, with language that is unheard of anywhere, anywhere. Look, there are outbreaks all over this country right now, all over the world, in fact. I cannot think of a single case where any religious group, uh, uh, you know, where anyone has been identified, any group identified, oh, it's the Italians, it's the Irish, it's the Catholics, it's the Muslims, it's the Protestants. Nowhere in the world has this happened except in New York. And it has actually caused an outbreak of hate. There have been a number of assaults. There have been other numerous stories uh, that have come to me from people. You know, Jews have the virus. I mean, that's what Cuomo says. That's the impression day after day he gets on television and talks about this. And it is causing irreparable damage. You know, no one is arguing uh, that people should do the right thing. People should wear masks. People should uh, distance uh, themselves. Uh, I don't have any problem with that. But the governor is sort of obsessed, obsessed with the uh, Orthodox Hasidic community that we're not doing the right thing. Uh, uh, it, it's literally out of control, out of control. And, uh, we, you know, we're very, very concerned about it in terms of, you know, why the governor is doing this. I, I, I don't know. I know he has a book out uh, that deals with him being the greatest leader ever in the history of the world. He, uh, Cuomo, great leader. In spite of the fact that during uh, Corona back in March, April, uh, thousands and thousands of people died directly because of the policies of uh, Governor Cuomo when uh, Corona patients, I mean, this is the most idiotic thing in the world. Corona patients were sent to nursing homes. Yeah. You don't have to be a scientist, a doctor or anything else. You just got to have common sense that you don't do that. You just don't do that. Cuomo did it, but he's a great leader. Uh, it, it is really shameful what is happening right now with this governor. Uh, you know, uh, again, every day it's something else. It's yeah. about Jewish power, you know, using, you know, people like David Duke with, are you know, proud of the governor talking this way. Hmm. Jewish power, Jewish control, hmm. uh, you know, Jews don't listen. He told the Catholic Church, I mean, this was, Last Friday on CNN, he told the Catholic Church, he said, you guys are not responsible, but you're paying the price because you live in a in an Orthodox area. Hmm. This is what he told the Catholic Church. Oh my God. That is a great way to uh, uh, deal with anti-Semitism that has uh, uh, 
we've had unprecedented numbers in New York over the past 15 months. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the governor was never so outspoken about anti-Semitism and where it was coming from as he is outspoken now, pointing directly at one single community. Yeah. You know, um, before the pandemic hit, there was this terrible phenomenon, especially in New York City and nearby, of the knockout game, where uh, young thugs would run up behind someone and hit them on the head and literally knock them out. The victims were predominantly Jews, Orthodox Jews, I think, because they were regarded as soft targets, easy targets. That was bubbling along beneath the surface. I think even the New York Times was a little shy about talking about who the perpetrators were, who the victims were. But now that the governor himself has made, has normalized picking on the Jews, I think that for really 80 years in America, anti-Semitism was out of fashion. It was uncool because polite society wouldn't accept it. But now you see if the governor of the great state of New York is willing to demonize and scapegoat the Jews by name so blatantly, well, why can't anyone else? And you see graffiti in New York, the most Jewish city in the world outside of Israel. You see graffiti. Take a look at this clip. I saw this on, on uh, Twitter. Someone just driving by, seeing an Orthodox Jew, rolls down the window and just hurls abuse at him um, because I think they felt licensed to by the governor. Take a look at this. Put your mask on! There's COVID cases! Hurry up! Put it on! Put it on! Now that wasn't a crime, but it's just the casual uh, blaming and scapegoating. And then you see 180 degrees opposite when it's a pro-Democrat event like a Black Lives Matter rally. I find this greatly troubling. If it can happen in New York, it'll happen anywhere. You understand, the hypocrisy of the double standard uh, is sickening, nauseating. Uh, as you point out, you have marches going on, you have protests, uh, I, you know, the, you have riots. Uh, I don't think any of the rioters were wearing masks or social distancing when they were breaking into stores and destroying stores here in New York. Uh, you know, uh, it, it, it's just ridiculous. And you pointed out something very important. I remember the daily attacks upon Jews in New York. And we know who the perpetrators were. We saw them on video. Thank God, you know, we have video. Almost in every single case, the perpetrators happened to be black. And I remember discussing this with de Blasio during that time, saying, you know, this is out of control. Look who the perpetrators are. Would anyone blame the black community for all the perpetrators who happened to be black, who were beating up on Jews, who were attacking Jews? creating fear in this city like I never saw before. And then we had Jersey City where Jews were murdered. And then we had a Muncie where Jews were stabbed and one person actually died. I mean, did the governor talk about the black community at that time? Did, the, did the mayor point. talk about the black community must do something yeah. because of this outbreak of anti-Semitism and hate by young people? countless young people attacking Jews for no reason. Yeah. No, you know, that I, was I, never mentioned, God forbid. I remember when the New York Times covered that story, they were very sheepish about it. They wanted to do a story about the alt-right and neo-Nazis, 
And they had to acknowledge, even the New York Times, that all the perpetrators were young black men. But you point out very wisely, you didn't see the mayor saying we have a black problem. It was certain individuals who happened to be black. But he has no problem talking about this Jewish problem. Here's the craziest thing, and I, I don't want to take too much of, of your time, Assemblyman, but it's very in, interesting to talk with you. I was stunned when I learned this. The governor is engaging in group collective punishment. He is threatening Jewish schools and other social services with defunding a mass punishment. I've never heard of such a thing. If they don't do what he says, if they don't, if they have a wedding, if they have a gathering, he has said he will defund as if Jewish children don't need schools or hospitals or welfare. He's actually holding that hostage. Here's the executive order on the screen right now. I didn't even think, I, I couldn't believe this was real. I couldn't believe this was real. Is there a legal response? Is there a constitutional response? Is there a strong political response? Or, like the knockout game perpetrators, does Cuomo know that the Jews are a soft target? Well, unfortunately, uh, you know, not enough people uh, have, uh, you know, done the right thing, and that is to speak out. I mean, for instance, where's the ADL, the Anti-Defamation League? Anything that comes out of Washington from the Trump administration, they are ready to criticize, they are ready to, to react to anything the president or any of his people say that uh, they believe crosses the line. Not a sound from the ADL. Is that amazing? Yeah. Why? Nobody's asking questions. Why is the ADL being silent when the Jewish community is being targeted by the governor of the state of New York? It, I mean, you pointed out the defunding. Uh, on another day, he talked about Jewish power. On another day, he talked about other things. Jews, Jews, Jews. I think he dreams Jews. He lives Jews. But the problem is he is causing a wave of hate against the Jewish people. People are being physically assaulted. We have many cases just in the last two weeks, uh, Orthodox Jews being attacked. We're or Orthodox Jews being uh, referred to as the carriers of the virus and people sort of staying away. I mean, it reminds me of horrible things of the past. And this governor, you know, is perpetrating this. He is doing this. And most of the establishment Jewish organizations led by the ADL, I mean, they're silent. You know, crazy. it's almost like the attitude, oh, he's talking about those Jews. Hmm. He's not talking about us, right? Reminds me of something else in history. Yeah. Uh, you know, at the early period of, of Nazism, you know, not talking about us. He's talking about those Jews with the beards right. and the way they dress and huh. so on. It's not a good situation. It is a dangerous situation. And, uh, you know, we keep on speaking up, standing up. Uh, you know, by the way, people are afraid of this guy. Hmm. Cuomo is known as being vindictive. Hmm. You know, people are really intimidated. Hmm. Uh, you know, my message to people is, you're going to be intimidated, only be intimidated from God, yeah. not from King Cuomo. I call him King Cuomo, who sits on the throne someplace in New York, I'm not sure where, and lectures and destroys people's lives. Store owners, 
who followed all the rules. You know, they you got to wear a mask in my store. You got to social distance. And he's closed down everything. He's destroying people's lives. For what? Yeah. For what? Well, I think People, you, yeah. you alluded to it earlier. He's the one who shipped coronavirus patients into the nursing homes. Perhaps he's looking for misdirection. He's looking for a scapegoat that he can blame to make a big fuss to cover for the fact that his decisions were so deadly. I find this so depressing. Fiorello LaGuardia, the great New York mayor after whom the airport is named, was Jewish and Italian. And to me, the harmony of Jews and Italians in that wonderful state and the Irish is just such, the, the loving harmony. And to see, to see Cuomo pick it apart and pull it apart like this, and I'm, I'm not casting aspersions on his Italianness. I'm just saying it's heartbreaking to see in a city that has so much harmony and friendship, to see him pick apart like this, to pick at a scab, I find it terribly depressing, but I'm so glad, Dov, or Assemblyman Heiken, I feel like I know you, so I'm calling you by your first name. I'm so glad you're on the file, and I want to encourage people to check out your website. The URL's on the screen. It's called Americans Against Anti-Semitism. You fight very hard, and I enjoy following you on Twitter because you never let something pass without comment, and I'm glad you spent some time with us today. Thanks very much, and keep up the fight, please. I'm happy to be on your team and you on my team together. All right, well, that's a deal. We'll talk to you again. Unfortunately, I don't think we've heard the last of this story. Take care, my friend. Thank you so much. All right, there we have it. Assemblyman Dov Heikind, who for 36 years was an assemblyman in the New York legislature, now runs Americans Against Anti-Semitism. Stay with us. More ahead. Hey, welcome back to my show last night about Twitter and Facebook censoring the New York Post. Day writes, I think Trump should shut down Twitter and other socialist media platforms and see how they like censorship. Yeah, uh, the First Amendment stops that from happening, but maybe Trump can take away Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. That's the law that allows Twitter, Facebook, etc., to be immune from any lawsuits for what they do with their uh, platforms. Craig writes, social media has become a Trojan horse for global political agendas that have no place whatsoever in the free world. They are propaganda machines and censors, and they are every big, uh, every big a threat as are corrupt media and fake news. Well, they're worse than the fake news. I mean, people watch the news maybe once a day. Most people don't even do that. So in a way, who cares what the news says? But if every part of your life, if you're email, your Facebook, your photos, your social media, you, if all your apps, if the way you interact with the world, if the music you see, if everything you get goes through the filters of these left-wing internet companies, who cares what the news says? You were lost far before the news even became an issue. You were lost just what you think the world looks like. My friends, that's the show for today. Until next time, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, to you at home, good night keep fighting for freedom.